Hi, everyone. You're listening to Focus Faith Podcast with Carrie Powers. I'm back. I took a little break. It was Christmas and we all needed to regroup, I think. So I did a little special Advent Bible study that is available to watch on YouTube. And then after that, honestly, I needed a break and January hit. And January has proven to have been a month worth forgetting. So now we're in February. Thank goodness. So new beginnings, right? And we're starting fresh with February. So thanks for tuning in. I'm going to do something new. And I hope you guys are ready for this. But we're going to do quick 10-minute podcast that you can take with you. You can listen in the car as you go to work and prepare for your day. You can listen as you're getting ready for your day and putting your makeup on. Or what else do you do? Maybe cooking. You could listen while you're you know, making dinner. I don't know, but they're going to be quick. And what we're doing is really um, kind of action-packed little snippets of good truth taken from the book of Acts, one of my favorite books, the Acts of the Apostles. So I hope you find it as fascinating and fun as I do, and I'm hopeful that I can make it as exciting as possible. The title of this podcast is When the Only Action is No Action. That's what's required. We're so used to doing, 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 and taking something on and taking it upon ourselves to make sure something gets done. And the only way to get something done right is to do it yourself and, you know, all of those things. We're really, really good at that. We're good at piling our calendar full of extra things and added duties. And and that works the same way when it comes to our relationship with the Lord is we can often get kind of confused and we think that we're the one in the driver's seat and we're the one making sure all this takes place and that this relationship, you know, stays in the level of intimacy that we desire with the Lord. But what about when what God is really asking us to do is kind of just stop and listen and stay put and wait for the movement of God. And what do we do when we do when when that's what he's asking us to do? So in the very first chapter of the book of Acts, what we find is Jesus has been crucified and he has been resurrected. And for the past 40 days, he has appeared to the disciples at different times and other people. And now he has, or he's going to ascend. And the disciples are now going to wait. They're going to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has promised is coming. But Jesus says something very critical to them right away in the very beginning of the of Acts in verse 4. It states, once when he was eating with them, his disciples, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a, just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he tells them right away that this promised Holy Spirit is coming, but guess what? You can't leave Jerusalem 
Don't leave until you receive this gift that I promised you. Now, this doesn't sound like any real big deal off the surface, right? So what's the big deal? They're just supposed to sit there and wait. But what we have to understand is that this was probably a challenging thing that he's just told the disciples. What do we know about the disciples? We know that we know that after the crucifixion in the Gospel of John, after Jesus has risen and shows himself to Mary Magdalene, we find <laughs> that the disciples are hiding in a room behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. That's where we find the disciples. Now, where we find also after this point, so he finds them hiding. When we pick up again in the Gospel of John, we find that the disciples have now traveled to Galilee and they're fishing. That's the, ne the next encounter that the risen Jesus has with the disciples as he finds them fishing and cooks some breakfast, remember? So what has happened? Once they see the risen Jesus, they see that this is something totally different and beyond what they were expecting. They do leave this room that they've been hiding in, in Jerusalem, but they head back to Galilee to go back to what they're familiar with, fishing. And quite frankly, the area that they're familiar with, Galilee. That's where they're from. But now Jesus has said, I don't want you fleeing to Galilee. I don't want you going back to what you find familiar. You're going to stay put. You're going to stay put here in Jerusalem and you're going to wait. And again, at the surface, you go, okay, not that big of a deal, right? Well, what's happening right now and what we will see if we continue to read in Acts is that everybody is coming to Jerusalem right now because it's going to be the festival of Pentecost. So everybody, Jews from all over the region, devout Jews, it tells us in Acts, have traveled to Jerusalem for the festival. So these disciples, only 40 days after the crucifixion and the resurrection, are told no, I don't want you going anywhere else. I want you to stay here in Jerusalem, even though people are flooding in and it's becoming crowded. And perhaps because really what's changed? Not that much other than the fact that they know that Jesus has risen from the dead, which is, I mean, a big deal, but like for their circumstances from the time that Jesus is crucified until now, it's only been 40 days. So instead of being able to run and hide, they need to stay put. And so maybe it's just a little bit of a dangerous situation in Jerusalem for them. And he says, Jesus says, no, stay put. Because what we find here and what we have to remember here is that these disciples for the past three years have followed Jesus everywhere. That's what they've been doing following him all over the area of Judea, wherever he went and whatever he was doing, they followed along. Movement was what they were comfortable with. 
They were a bit of like gypsies, if you will, nomads. They traveled around with Jesus. Now he's saying, stay put. Don't go anywhere. Don't move. Wait. If we even go back further, the whole history of Israel and Israel's relationship with God, with Jehovah, was they were very familiar with following. I mean, it started in the wilderness after they were um, rescued from slavery in Egypt and they began their 40 years in the wilderness. That's how this whole relationship started. Is God said, you're going to see my presence. You're going to see it during the day. You're going to see it at night. And that's how you'll know that I'm with you. And when my presence moves, what do you do? You pick everything up and you follow. So that's something that they were very accustomed to. Following after the movement of God. Following after the presence of God. Following after the Messiah when he takes on flesh. And now, now you need to stay put because I'm going to bring to you through this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon you, but you have to wait for it. Don't leave Jerusalem. So that could have been something really challenging for them that we kind of just blow over, you know, when we look at and read through the beginning chapter of this incredible book is we kind of we kind of go over the top of that that this might have been really really challenging for them and for your own life can you look back on your own life and see times in your own life where it would have been easier to flee <laughs> to run to move movement action do something but to just sit still and wait on god Rest in his presence, wait for his voice, wait for his direction. That can be one of the hardest things that God asks us to do, especially somebody kind of, you know, I'm I'm wired like this as well. I take on a lot. I have a lot on my plate right now. <laughs> and I continue to take on a lot. So I'm, you know, I'm preaching to myself once again. But like, how do we learn how? to really follow every command. And even when that command is like, you know what? Sit still, stay put, wait, listen. And I'm going to reveal to you what to do. You know, one of the craziest, scariest times of my life was right after Lee died. It was just, you know, a darkness, uh, just unbelievable grief, you know, pain. And also, just, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was suddenly a widow with two little kids. I'd only been or in Oregon eight months. I had no family in Eugene where I was living. I had only been in my new home five months. I had no job. And I didn't know what I was going to do. It was terrifying. But I knew in that moment... There were some things I still knew. And in that moment, I knew that God had given me the home that I was currently sitting in, this beautiful home that he had just dropped in my lap. It was totally a gift from him. And I knew that. So I sat there in this beautiful home that God had given me just five months before. 
knowing that Lee's death was a shock to everybody except God. God knew that it was going to happen. And he still gave me this beautiful home. So it wasn't by accident that I was planted there. So I knew in that moment that what I was supposed to do was stay put. Don't move. Don't pack everything up and try to go backwards because you know what? You can't. You just can't go backwards. And if we try to, it's a disaster. So I knew in that moment that I was going to stay put. And when I moved again, it was going to be because I absolutely knew God was telling me to move. That was the only way I was going to move. I wasn't going to move out of fear. I wasn't going to move out of um, just an emotional decision, you know, to just try to make things different. I was going to stay put until I knew. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things that God might ask us to do. It's just stay put. So really, when the only action is no action on our part, but incredible action on his. And isn't that what we want? I think that's what we all want, is just that we would learn to listen and follow his leading and not our own. You know, I want a fresh movement of God. I want to know when he's moving. I want to be right where he wants me to be, even if that means staying in crowded Jerusalem when really all I really want to do is go back to what's familiar and comfortable on the Sea of Galilee. But that's not what he's asking this group of followers to do. That's it. That's what I have for you. That's your nugget and your action-packed message from the book of Acts. Tune in next week as we dive into chapter two, because you guys, I mean, you could read ahead. You could. But it's where things get even more amazing. Thanks so much for tuning in, for being just a faithful listener of Focused Faith. Follow me on my social media platforms. And I look forward to trying to connect with you guys as much as this means this this mode of communication is possible, this whole podcast um, concept. And again, uh, it's always a privilege. So God bless and I will see you next week.